The text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day is our Old Testament reading for today from Deuteronomy chapter 30, and especially these verses. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. And later, God simply says, choose life. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The law of God, it is holy. It is good. Blessed is the man who meditates upon that law day and night. You know that the scriptures say these things about the law of God, I assume. But do you believe them deep in your heart? Do I? I mean, we certainly believe that the law is holy. If what you mean by holy is that it reveals to us what it is that the holy God would have us do. After all, that's sort of what we assume all those thou shalt nots are all about. But is the law good? We, of course, know we should answer yes. But we must answer further, good then in what sense? Is it just good because it's God's law and he is good, therefore the law must be good in some sense? Or is it actually good in the sense that the law is meant to be a blessing in our life? That gives us good gifts as we walk according to it. Truth be told, that might be a little harder sell to convince ourselves of on certain days. That what the law of God says is actually the best thing to do in every circumstance. So I ask you, do you really believe that the law of God was given to us first and foremost, not as just a set of arbitrary rules that God decided he would test your obedience with, but rather that it was given to you as a gift to reveal the very best ways in which to live life with God right now here in this earth and in preparation for the world to come. For if we truly believe that the law was good in that way, we would surely meditate on that law day and night. We would view the law as a treasure which should be unpacked rather than as some sort of burden we've been forced to carry. We'd not even have to be told that we should read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest God's word, for we'd already be doing so daily. Listen to how the psalmist in one place speaks about the law of God. He writes, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Listen to how the psalmist just gushes about the law of God. Can we do the same in sincerity? Do we believe deep in our hearts that what God has revealed in his law is truly good? 
Well, there's no doubt the Spirit is always working that belief in us all the time. But oftentimes our reason or our flesh try to fight against that. To truly examine ourselves today as to whether we really believe that the law is good, perhaps we need to get down into a few specifics rather than just talking about the law in general. For instance, the first commandment tells us, of course, that we are to have no other gods than that one triune God. We are to fear and to love and to trust in him above all things. Now, of course, it is clear that that is what God wants. But is it equally clear at all times in life that that is actually what is best or good at all times? Do you really think that the best life possible here that you can have here on earth can be experienced by only prioritizing God and not by putting other things first and foremost in our lives? You really think the good life can be yours if you never stop and make your career a focus for a while? Is it possible to really have the good life if you don't get a little fixated every once in a while at least on financial matters and make them your focus? I mean, Jesus shocks us a little bit today to tell us that it's not only things like money that we have to be careful not to prioritize, but he says that we have to be careful not to prioritize something we see as good otherwise, like family. Did you hear Jesus today? He said that you have to hate your family if you're going to follow him. Does that sound good to you? Is that a word you'd like to go out and repeat from here to someone else? Say, this is what Jesus says? Well, Jesus, of course, there is making a first commandment argument. He's saying that even our families, something as close and precious to us as our families, they cannot come before our relationship with God. But yes, when we hear things like that, we are tested to say, is the word of the Lord, is his instruction truly good? Yes, do we believe that keeping God always first, no matter what else or who else gets de-emphasized, is truly good? Or how about the third commandment? Remembering the Sabbath day. Do you really believe the best thing you can do every seven days is to rest and to keep the day holy by gathering where God's holy things are with his holy people? Or do you think sometimes that there are other things that are more important than resting or gathering around God? Do you think that taking another shift at work, even though there's not even a requirement to do so, sometimes might feel more critical to your well-being than gathering here in the house of worship? Do you think sometimes that every seven days seems like a little much in our world that is so busy and with our schedules that are so full? Well, if so, what you are doing is questioning whether the law of God is good, whether it reveals to you what is true. How about the fourth commandment? Do you like the idea of honoring the authorities that God has placed over you? Kids out there, do you like this when it refers to your parents who just don't seem to understand, who don't get it because they're so old in their age and in their thinking? Workers, do you like it when it refers to your boss, who otherwise seems to be pretty incompetent at their job? 
citizens. Do you like it when it refers to a government that seems to be able to not get much of anything accomplished at all? Do you really in those moments think that it is good to honor these authorities and submit to them as the law tells us we ought? What about the sixth commandment? Is leading a chaste and decent life really good? Is honoring marriage and keeping the marriage bed undefiled really the best? Or have we even been tricked into thinking that the way that we think about marriage is sort of just one way one can approach that question of what we are to do with our bodies and while we are to think about marriage? Do we sometimes think that other ways are working fine for other people? And therefore, what God says doesn't necessarily have to be best, but it's just one option. Do we truly believe that God's way is the only good way when it comes to our bodies? Or does God's strict sexual ethic seem just a little prudish, judgmental, and plain not much fun? Well, we could go on and on today, but the truth is, all of us at times doubt whether the law of God is good. Through the Spirit, we are having this conviction worked in us all the time. But the evil one is right there trying to get us to doubt us, doubt it. He wants us to believe that we might be able to find something better than what God has revealed. Particularly with Christians, he tries to convince us that if we'll just take what God has said and then add in a few thoughts and opinions that we have, well, then we'll come up with what is really good. But we forget that the first time we add or take anything away from God's law, well, then we have already left behind what is good. Yes, we know that we should say that the law is good, but at times our hearts don't trust it. And we often don't like to even say it. Why? Well, because if we acknowledge that the law is truly good, well, then sinning against the law of God becomes so unquestionably evil. Everything becomes real black and white then. And truth be told, even those of us that are inclined to like black and white, well, when that black and white is sort of aimed at us, it's then that we often start wishing for a little gray. You see, if we convince ourselves that the law of God is just some set of rules that God sort of arbitrarily chose to test our obedience, well, then we'll feel a little bad when we break those laws, but we won't feel all that bad because we'll think that we're just disobeying a little bit in order to go after something that seems good in the moment. But if we truly believe that the law of God is not only what he has revealed for us to do, but it is also what is truly good for us to do, well, then it becomes clear just how ridiculous it is to sin against it. We're not then simply doing something against God's wishes, but we're doing something unquestionably not as good as what he wishes. God explained this all to his people of old as they prepared to enter into that promised land that they had waited so many years before. He told them, that as they went into that promised land, that they should know that it was living with him that would bring them the promised life he had spoken about to be lived out in that promised land. 
He told them that if they loved the Lord their God, if they walked in his ways, if they kept his commandments, if they kept his statutes and his rules, well, then they would live and they would multiply and that the Lord God would bless them in that land. He told them that loving him, or told them rather, that loving him and living in his ways would be proven unquestionably good in that land. They would have life and have it to the full. But if they did not walk with him and according to his ways, well, then they would have chosen evil and death. Very black and white in our Old Testament reading for today. No gray to be had. And therefore, God simply told his people, therefore, choose life. I mean, if those are the two options, life and death, why would you not choose life? Well, the situation for us is no different. Through Jesus, because of his life, death, and resurrection, God has set before us a promised life in a promised land. A land, or a promise that he gives us both now and will continue to give us for all eternity. For now, he lets us live out that promised life in his holy church. And one day he will give us that same life to be lived out in a new heaven and a new earth. But as he sets out this life before us, he simply says to us, choose life. Follow the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. Trust that the law of God is good, and therefore walk in it. Rejoice in all the things that will be given to you. Oh, you might be wishing for gray, he says, but there is none. The only other option is to turn your heart away from God, to stop listening to him, to begin to worship false gods, or as God put it succinctly, to choose death. Now, of course, we must be clear. For the Israelites and for you, you only can choose life because God has set it before you. It's not like you have the power to make this new and awesome life appear before yourself by your own actions. But since God has set it before you in Christ, it's yours. How do you choose this life? Well, you choose it simply by not walking away from it, by living in it, by rejoicing that it has been given to you. So today, let us all repent together for those times when we have wanted a little gray, when we have wanted a gray so much that we ended up choosing death over life. Let us confess those times when we have questioned the goodness of God's law by doing anything other than doing what it instructed us to do. Let us admit together that to do so is to walk with pride and arrogance before God. Let us repent and turn to Christ. For with him, we will have life. You will have life. So today, admit your sins. But know that God has set before you the life of his son, Jesus. Yes, with him you shall live. You will live having all of the blessings that God has stored up for you because of Christ. You see, this Christ, he died the death that you so often choose. And then he gave you the life that you so casually throw away. That life, it's set before you again this day, graciously, freely, at no cost to you.
So God says to you today, choose life, and you might live. Amen.